welcome to the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. We are training coaches and coaching leaders because we know that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Because we care and we want you to reach your full potential, we coach you to choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights that show up on the dashboard of your life. Welcome back to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. In this episode, I will do the first of our final Two episodes in this current series of talks about spiritual coaching. In this episode, we'll cover the role of providing pr- prayer for um, for someone at the altar in, in the church service. And then the next one, how to train someone else to be a spiritual coach. After these two are finished, we will have completed 48 podcast episodes organized into three seasons. So after that, I'm going to continue to add more content. It, it won't be weekly. Um, but just the stuff to help spiritual coaches do their work of helping anyone who is a Christ follower protect and deepen their relationship with God. All right, let's get today's episode rolling. So, you're thinking about doing, or maybe you've already been scheduled to provide prayer for people at the altar during church service of some sort. Sounds simple enough. Or maybe, to you, it sounds complicated or even terrifying. Either way, let's take the mystery and fear of the unknown out of it for you so you can be more relaxed and available in the moment to minister to someone in need. I'm going to give you, I believe I have nine bullets here. Um, number one is relax and talk normal. To help you relax, put aside any idea that there's some right or proper spiritual wording that you must learn and employ. You know, If you're considering this service opportunity, you have probably been around church long enough to have heard someone use a, you know, a bunch of those spiritual sounding phrases. Uh, uh, for example, uh, One of the ways that people do that is they just use a a truckload of different names for God. Sounds something like, Father God, Dear Jesus, Lord, Abba Father, Heavenly Father. You know, they string them all together like that in one huge pietistic mouthful. Uh, Please don't mimic that style. Um, Some may do it in in genuine sincerity, but maybe because it was was done in their religious tradition. Um, Many are simply mimicking others because they think it's the right way to to pray or because they think it sounds spiritual. But if you don't talk that way to your parents, your friends, your spouse, your children, don't talk to God that way. Doing so may also inadvertently mislead the person you're praying for, uh, implying that that's the right way. That's how it should be done. And that will most likely build for them an unnecessary barrier between them and God. Rather, talk to God like you would anyone else. Um, do you use a lot of slang? So use it when you're praying. Be real. Be real. Be authentic. Be yourself. So relax and talk normal. Relax and don't counsel. Uh, to relieve you further, you are not uh, being asked to do spiritual coaching at the altar. If they're asking questions and looking for some advice from you, you know, direct them to whatever process your church uses for connecting people with the coaching or counseling ministry of your church, or, uh, or you know whether they do it or they refer. If you like to counsel others, resist the urge. Do not counsel them in your prayer either. Speak encouraging words to them, but only questions you know, you're know you going to want to ask are to, to get people's names, clarify what the crest or need is, to get some specific, if necess- something specific if necessary to pray, you know, a more specific, precise prayers. Um, and to ask if it's all right maybe to put your hands on their shoulders, which is the only real safe place to touch someone you're praying for. Um, even someone of the same gender. <clears throat> so um, relax and don't counsel. Relax and be specific. Number three, when you when they approach you, ask their name and then you, you know try to use it in what you say back to them. Uh, and, and then I like to ask, what is it 
that you would like God to do for you today. It puts the emphasis off you or off me and, and the prayer you're going to offer, and it puts it where it belongs, squarely on God. What would you like God to do for you today? If they say something like, well, they just want God to bless them. I don't settle for that because that is too vague. Um, so I dig a little bit deeper for looking for some something specific. You know, what would it look like? What would it look like for God to bless you? What do you think it would look like if God blessed you? Specific prayers are better than vague ones in large part because it's hard to be encouraged when God, you know, answers it if we do not know what we're looking for. So I do try to to pick up the intent, but that is about all the interpreting I dabble in. For example, you know, I need some help. I need some help at work, okay? So then you could further follow that up by asking some narrowing questions and narrow down the idea, you know, not to counsel but to pray specifically. Are they struggling to do their job well? Has do they have a problem with a coworker? Are they so inebriated or high the next the night before that they are often late and can't do their job? You know, a simple probe for a specific may just help them put their own finger on what they really want or need when um, you are hunting for enough information to pray a specific and helpful prayer for them. Don't apologize for a prayer that is anemic if they refuse to share their need. If they give you next to nothing, go with that and trust God to direct your words. And, And that leads to number four, relax and dive in. So beyond that, ask if you can put your hands on their shoulders, if that's a thing that you're comfortable with, uh, and then dive in. Trust that God will guide your prayer. Uh, you want to help them feel loved and not alone in life or, or in their pressing struggle as much as you are asking for an answer to uh, their prayer with them. Once you have made the request for them, pray that they would desire God's will in the middle of it all, even if it's different from what they think they want, even if it's, uh, God's will is way bigger than what they expect. Ask that they would accept and cooperate with whatever God tells them to do. Request that they will know uh, what their next step should be. Always pray for the person standing before you as well, even if they want you to pray for someone else. Some people come up and say, I want to pray for, and they give you the name of somebody else. Uh, Ask that they would, when when you're praying for them, the person in front of you, ask that they would um, know how to help and support and encourage and point the one that they're concerned about to God. Uh, People will usually want to be delivered from their struggles. That just is not always God's will. His plan is very often to support them while they're going through the pain so that they learn that he can be trusted. They need personal experience with God in order to trust him for bigger things, things he will eventually call us into that will minister to many and direct them to their own relationship with and faith in God. So so when you pray, God deliver them. You can follow that up with whatever you will. You know, give them the courage and faith to follow you wherever it leads, and whatever it costs. Five, relax and pray biblically. I almost always pray that people would find their way back to God through the trial, uh, that it would push them towards God and not pull them away from Him. I feel the goal is to direct them to God while praying the prayer they seek. Wisdom and healing are well and good, but they may not necessarily draw someone to God. Do not make promises for God that He has not made in the Bible. In fact, knowing your Bible well is very helpful because it can fuel your prayer. The, the Psalms or some of the Apostles' Prayer and the New Testament letters to the churches can be very helpful to you. You know, be positive, but do not confuse positivity with faith. Do not tell them God is going to do something you do not know He is going to do. That sets them up for discouragement when He doesn't act or when and how they think He is going to or 
think that he should. Let's take a short break to give your brain a chance to rest. Did you know that this podcast is not the only resource that we have available to help you with your own relationship with God and your spiritual coaching efforts? TwoRivers.Church backslash life coaching, don't forget the hyphen, has dozens of tools and book links to help you in your life with God and your ministry to others. You can even sign up there to get spiritual coaching for yourself with Pastor Carrie, either in person or virtually. It's a work in progress and we'll be getting a facelift soon, but it's chock full of practical content to read, watch, and listen to. Wherever you choose to interact with Pastor Carrie online, please remember to rate, like, follow, and share so that other leaders and coaches can find this helpful content. If you would like to connect with Pastor Carrie, you can go to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching, email him at carrie at tworivers.church, or text him on Twitter or Facebook by going to at SC dashboard. All right, let's finish today's episode of the podcast. Do you, uh, you notice that uh, every... One of these points starts with relax, relax and talk normal, relax and don't counsel, relax and be specific, relax and dive in, uh, relax and pray biblically. I'm going to pick up with number six, relax and be positive. Since I mentioned positivity back before the break, we should pause here for a second. You know, sometimes it's pretty hard to just be positive. Now, those are times when you, you may end up weeping with those who weep. The stories you will hear. Beyond that, a positive mind and heart is good medicine with or without God. So give them a good dose of that medicine and include a spoonful of sugar along with it. I will say that God loves them, um, that I know God is moving in and around them to bring them peace and fulfillment in life and actually to bring them into His will for their life and that their best life is still ahead of them. That is not fluffy filler. It is the truth. But I do not promise comfort or ease or that God's timing will match theirs. I will suggest that what God has for them may be different than what they want and, and that he will bring them to see his point of view about this is the prayer. When we express positivity, hope, and faith, it can spur another to rise to that same expectation. We do not need to help God out by wanting something for them so bad that we lie or offer what we should not offer or promise more than God has promised. But there's so much we can offer that God does want for them that it's not hard to be positive and full of hope and, and expectation. <clears throat> Number seven, relax and give God room. Since this is not counseling, since prayer, uh, praying at the altar is not counseling, and since you do not know the spiritual condition of those who come forward in a public service, steer away from the prophetic in that moment and pray in English, not some you know personal prayer language when you're at the altar. We want them to understand and feel supported and understood, not preached at or lectured or freaked out by something weird they did not expect, do not understand, and are not familiar with. Again, do not communicate in any way that suggests that you are sure God will do exactly as they have asked unless it is a clear biblical promise. Be positive, give hope, and do not lie. Remember that God does not always want to heal everyone's physical maladies here on earth. And you can refer to 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 7 through 10. He always will heal broken hearts and forgive and set free from sin and sin's control. But he will not always cure cancer or open a wound or repair a limb or restore a relationship. Uh, what God wants is not always what we let him do either. And he often has other purposes, bigger dreams, plans that do not include physical healing that might be diminished if he did. 
that the, the plan he has might actually not be able to reach its full potential if he answers the specific prayer that someone is asking for. So number eight, relax when it's awkward. One awkward situation I have run into repeatedly uh, that you're going to probably face uh, sooner or later uh, um, when, is, is when someone has and, and maybe even visibly, physically dragged someone else to be prayed for. They've dragged them up. Maybe, it's, maybe they've actually done that. Maybe it just appears that way. Be tuned in when someone else does all the talking, you know, answers all your questions and speaks for the person standing um, next to the one that's supposed to want prayer. If, if someone other than the person you're praying for is answering all the questions, there's a good chance that they've been drugged forward. In those situations, I'm very honest and open about what it looks like to me. I turn right to the silent victim, the one that has been physically or apparently drug up to the front. I look them straight in the eyes, which is a good practice anyway, and I ask if they want to be prayed for. Is what so-and-so just said true, and does it reflect your heart and wishes, or would you like to adjust or change completely what they have asked? Or would you rather get out of this building as fast as you can? <laughs> you know, a little humor like that can reduce a lot of the tension that is apt to be felt by all three of you. You know, maybe that God told this one who has pushed another forward that they were to do that. It may not be manipulation and control and whatever. Or it may be. They may be a controlling manipulator who is operating completely out of their flesh. But whatever the case, you have an opportunity to speak about God and influence people to turn their hearts towards God. Maybe just a little bit, but that little bit is a big step. So do not force it on them. Try to pray something over them. But if they really want to get away, it's better to let them go so they will not have a sour taste towards it, but will feel heard and respected. Honestly, when approached the way I'm suggesting, the innocent victim almost always, especially if you use a little humor in there, they almost always let you pray for them, and, and that clearly is the goal. Number nine, relax and trust God. Uh, notice again that I've said relax. Each one of these things, that what's followed it is supposed to help you relax. It's hard to order yourself to relax, but whatever you can do to just be yourself and be normal and not be uptight and anxious. I mean, if you're all anxious and uptight, the person that comes forward who might be stressed themselves might uh, sense the stress in you and that might cancel out the prayer. So this is why relax. This last one is relax and trust God. If you find yourself overwhelmed, confused, afraid, or nervous, just reach over and pull one of your fellow prayers into the circle. This could be especially helpful if that person you pull in has a little more experience in you. However, you will find that if you dive in, trusting God to give you the right words, you will be blown away time and again at how perfect your prayer meets the need, addressing things you were not told were part of the story. I tell you, more times than I can count, people have looked up after I've prayed and commented that prayer was just what they needed. And that happens often when they have given me very little to work with. Often that is because anything I said was going to be what they needed, but often it's because the Spirit of God gave me words that were meant to impress them with the truth that God is alive and cares for them. You may or may not know what you said that was so impactful. Uh, I will often, if I have been forced to pray blindly due to a refusal to share the particulars, close the prayer by asking God to let them forget anything I said that was not from Him and do not let them escape anything they heard that did come from Him. Yes, yes, it's going to be awkward at first. Yeah, I don't think you can avoid that. Um, uh, then now and again, even after you've gotten comfortable, uh, as you hear different requests and are, are honored to carry someone's pain with them, it's going to get awkward again. 
It often amazes me what people will tell me when they're opening themselves up for prayer. Be ready. Brace yourself. You will hear embarrassing stories, painful words, heart-wrenching events, shocking honesty, incredible unwillingness to reveal even the slightest details details as they stand there wanting prayer for something they refuse to explain. I don't get that one. I just know it happens. I think that if you feel God calling you to this ministry, you're going to need to step up and begin before my exhortation to relax will really have taken hold. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we'll talk about a process for training others to do spiritual coaching with you. for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. We pray that God uses the spiritual coaching dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are in the upstate New York area, specifically Binghamton, or are visiting or just passing through, look Pastor Carrie and myself up. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the podcast of The Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.